Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear, but we get the job done. Natty, how are you today? I'm all right, man. What's up? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Not too uh, not too much on the old docket for me, uh, but you, you've had a lot on your docket. You just released on Fake Teams your top 150 uh, fantasy basketball guys, so make sure if you are doing your drafts at any point in the near future make sure you go to faketeams.com and check out natty's top 150 guys we're going to run through some of your more i've picked out a few names here i've picked out a few names here of guys who i think uh, will be in- interesting to hear your opinion on i've been looking forward to this let's oh, go it's like perfect. a challenge <laughs> this is this is what you, i mean this comes with any time you write uh, top any kind of rankings you always got to defend and now it's time for you to this is your defense think of it that way think of this as your final thesis and, and now this is your defense and it's so dumb man i hate ranking like i love all these guys <laughs> the worst part about this was like man i have to put these guys in my top 150 but i love these guys more and it's yeah it's terrible what a terrible exercise what everyone t- should just feel very <laughs> excited about whoever they want just draft you like, man. Uh, there's like no one in the NBA that I don't like. I don't think. It's true. Like, who I do mean, I? Who loathe? do you? Who do you actively hate? Well, LeBron's done his like had his one mistake this week. I mean, but I I, I meant more like who do you not like to watch play mm, or who just sure, like sure, sucks. Sure. Also, LeBron's allowed to make like one mistake yeah. every 37 years. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's dive right into it. And we're going to start, we'll start with three rookies uh, who you have. Obviously, we've spent some time on this podcast talking about Zion Williamson and our kind of expectations for the year and how we both feel that he is being uh, pretty widely overrated uh, or not overrated, but just overhyped in fantasy this year. He's, he's just not going to live up quite to the uh, the draft position that a lot of people are putting him at. Uh, but you have three rookies here, RJ Barrett, uh, DeAndre Hunter and John Morant. Uh, and I will give your rankings for them and then ESPN basics rankings uh, currently right now. So RJ Barrett, you have at 118, DeAndre Hunter, 125, and John Morant at 112. And ESPN, uh, respectively, 71, 93, and 75. So you have them all in triple digits. They are not ranked in triple digits on ESPN. Give me your reasoning why you are lower on these rookies than that, than seemingly other people. One of the reasons is that when I look at these numbers, I'm not sure what types of leagues are drafting them. So, oh, so you're just you're, starting, you're right off the bat. You're just kind of doing this huge sweeping thing, like, well, my rankings, you know, don't be <laughs> take these too seriously. Just covering all your bases right from the get go. I like it. Well, 
I think that, uh, first of all, if they get the kind of volume that everybody's optimistic about, then they could totally be top 100 players. But they're rookies, and there are other people on their teams, and if they're not good right off the bat, then they're not going to get the minutes. Like, they're not... These teams don't need to tank in a way where it, like, makes your eyes bleed. You know, like, they they have players that can put... uh, a competent show on and still lose games. <laughs> so like if John ja Morant sucks, like they're not just going to play him 30 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But also there's, there are other players on these teams that uh, need the ball. Um, all of these guys are, getting drafted really optimistic like they're going to instantly be the stars of their of their teams and i don't think that's true at all uh i think there's other players that need the ball and are going to demand it um and i you know rookie numbers are a crapshoot they really are because like sometimes the game's just too fast and you need a second to adjust sometimes it's too tough like you're just not as big as everybody else and sometimes it's just that oh my God, there's 82 games. Like, that's twice as many as I'm used to. Um, So I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to rookies. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, for all those reasons you you hit on, like those are all things that can play into it. I'm just, I'm most surprised. I mean, personally, I'm, I'm a little annoyed because DeAndre Hunter, I just drafted onto my keeper league. um, And so I was kind of thinking that you would have him you know, as a top 25 player this year, uh, just for my own benefit, but <laughs> clearly you didn't get the memo that I needed him. But like who else is on his team? He has another rookie who maybe sort of plays the same position as he does. Uh, he has a point guard, Trey young, who needs to be the star of the team. John Collins is there. Um, Kevin Herter is there. Like there's so many other mouths to feed on these young teams I'm a little skeptical that these dudes are going to just waltz in and take over, especially because like before the draft, everyone was saying, Oh, it's pretty top heavy. Like maybe this isn't a great draft after Zion. Uh, So we always want to be optimistic about rookies and sometimes we're correct. Like Luke Doncic was pretty fucking good. Deandre Hunter or Deandre Aiden, sorry, was good. Um, these guys don't feel these new guys don't feel like that to me. That's fair. Uh, of those three guys, who do you think is most likely to uh, basically a- exceed your expectations? I think John ja Morant is the correct choice. I think that RJ Barrett might have a better year, but I also think that the Knicks are such a weirdly constructed team um, and might just be, you know, a catastrophe, but I think RJ Barrett should be good. Um, I think Hunter should be solid. I like both him and Cam Reddish, but Ja Morant has a chance to get the most volume, I think. And if he's good, uh, then all of a sudden, like that team might be really fun to watch and you have two building blocks for the future. Yep. Uh, All right, well, let's move on. We're going to climb up your rankings, and we're going to get to a guy who I think you might have mentioned on last week's podcast when we were talking about sleepers. But you have him as your 105th player uh, on ESPN. He's going – he's their 130th. It's Dennis Smith Jr., 
point guard for the Knicks. I assume that this is a volume play, but tell me more about why not only will Dennis Smith get a shit ton of volume, but also be able to perform uh, and utilize all of it and be good. Right. So volume is like what I have written next to his name in my mind with an exclamation point, like (laughs) all the time. It's like him. It's him. Um, The team, I think like Mitrob has to tone down on the fouls in order to be an effective player. Uh, If he does that, then he is definitely a building block for that team. Kevin Knox, like couldn't defend you or me. And uh, he takes like really horrendous shots, but he's super duper young. Um, RJ Barrett is a competent player, it seems like. And I think he'll just sort of slide right in. So it should be fine. The plethora of power forwards that they have is just sort of <laughs> I, like, I think it's just them being dumb. Like, I can't really imagine why they thought it was a good idea to sign Julius Randle and then be like, oh, and then you have three backups. Wait, just you think in that's case. a bad idea? Oh, I thought that's exactly what you do with your max cap space. Yeah. And like, I think we've sort of talked about this on fake teams before, but you know, the idea that trading Kristaps was so that you could open up salary cap space. So you can get Kevin for, Durant like, and all Kyrie the dudes that want to come to the Knicks. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and who did they end so up with? Well. Julius Randle. Like there's and and then three replacements. I mean, I I savvy like maybe some of them are just trade assets. I hope all of them are. Um DSJ is there to be a scoring point guard and hopefully the straw that stirs the drink. Frank Nilakina, their point guard uh, pick from two years ago, like he's just not working out. He just can't score. At least in the NBA, he had a pretty good FIBA. But Nilakina is a great, great defender. So if you can get those two to sort of complement each other as, you know, on-off distributors and you have guys that you can depend on for your first and second string, like the Knicks need to find out what they have. And Dennis Smith Jr. is something that they have. Like that is an asset. They got a good asset back for that trade. Um, but you you have to find out what he is and his volume and his potential dictate that you're going to do everything that you can to orchestrate your team's philosophy around making him better. Because Julius Randle's just going to do what Julius Randle does. And Which is be that's good. great. Yeah, that's great. He's a great, great compliment for like he and DSJ, I think will be a cool tandem this year. So you have you have Dennis Smith Jr. ranked above three other point guards. And I want you to and I know you said this, you already have this in your ranking, so you've already made it known that you would take these this guy over these three guys. But I'm cu- I'm just curious because these are names that we've talked about. Patrick Beverly. Terry Rozier and Lonzo Ball. You have T- Dennis Smith Jr. ranked all over all of them. So you would, oh yeah, you're, you're saying that that's he is just going to have a a better season for you in fantasy than those guys. Terry Rozier, we've talked about before on the show, and you wrote a huge article for him about him on Fake Teams about how he's his numbers are scary uh, and how they might not translate as well as people think. But Lonzo Ball, we've talked a lot about uh, how he could have a breakout season in New Orleans. Yes. And that's a um, belief proposition, you know, like we're hoping Mm -hmm. that he does. Sure. Sure. Um, 
it could you know it could not work like maybe drew holiday is like actually i'm the starting point guard <laughs> and uh i'm gonna stick with zion and you're a trade asset um so i would rather have dsj than terry rogier every day of the week and twice on sunday like that's just straight up i think dennis smith jr is a better basketball player pat bev um like i can see him not getting the shots that i hope he's going to get this year and just not being as good of an asset like he'll still get all around stats that help you out but i just you know maybe he won't be uh nearly as highly ranked at the end of the year just because he won't get the volume um and you know lonzo i want lonzo to be good but you know it's lonzo and then ja right, right. so like i do sort of feel like that's i think that he will be good I just sort of think that Dennis Smith Jr., like this, he's the guy that will be feeding Julius Randle and Mitch Robb. And, you know, if Kevin Knox can't hit shots, then fuck them. Like, if they're <laughs> like, if Frank Nilakina, who God bless him, Frankie smokes, like, if he can't put it together and score, then fuck him too. Um, and God, if DSJ doesn't work out, then, you know, the Knicks are fucked. Yeah. That's a, that is true. All right. So let's move on climbing your list. Uh, The next guy, Aaron Gordon, who you've got at 52 overall uh, and ESPN has him ranked 80th. We have spent some time talking about him because I am equally hyped on Aaron Gordon this year. I think Aaron Gordon has the tools to take the next step and maybe not be exactly Blake Griffin, but to be in that similar role of a hyper athletic big who can get you boards, get you points at the paints, but also is starting to develop a three point shot uh, and yeah. is able to do and able to give you some uh, stock. So I'm, I mean, I won't even ask why you have him here because I totally agree with you. I think he can be a top 50 player this year in fantasy. He is 24 years old. Jesus Christ. Peter. That shit just fucking blows my mind. 24 That's years just, old just okay absurd. yeah do you think a 24 year old can get better because i do because because i would be willing to bet that he can he had a 35 three-point percentage last year i believe like he's he's one of these dudes who needs a better free throw percentage yeah he was in the low okay he's in the low 70s for free throw for his career like that's not good um if that trends up then all of a sudden you're scoring several more points a game and you know the whole um the whole stat line changes mm-hmm. uh he's let's see he was 66 last year in ESPN basic and i put him at 52 because basically i think a 24 year old with several years under his belt and you know competitive experience can get better um, yeah, I think Aaron Gordon has a chance to actually be a lot better than this. Like if it all clicks, like what if he's a 39 or 40% three point shooter this year? Uh, yeah. what if, what if his free throws go up? Uh, what if the magic just sort of click? Uh, what if Markel Fultz is good? That's something you know, that like, he, yeah, yep. And Aaron Gordon is also playing with Nikola Vucevic, who's a stretch center. Um, so there's a you can see that the recipe for the magic, if it all clicked, could really open up Aaron Gordon's game because all of a sudden he's an all-around threat on a team with actual talent 
that can make space for him and then they can defend as well. Um, now that's a lot of ifs, uh, you know, I didn't rank him in the top 25, but if everything clicks, I think he could be. Yeah, no, I totally. And he shot, he shot, I think four and a half threes, uh, per game last year. And I mean, if you round that to five, like even just, even just a slight uptick, even if his percentage still stays in that kind of mid thirties, maybe 36, 37, like, if he just shoots more threes, then that's still more points. I mean, he was he did that the year before and, and was, shoot, I think, averaged like 17 points as opposed to the 16 or 16 and a half that he averaged last year. So we know that he can do that. Um, yeah, I obviously like him. And we're going to move on to Mike Connolly, who you've also expressed a lot of interest and excitement about him in Utah. And I agree. I don't know if I have him. You have him 26 uh, as compared to ESPN at 68. 26 seems a little rich for me, but I certainly know sure. where you're coming from in that in this offense with, you know, with Mitchell and with Ruby, Rudy Gobert and Ingles, there's just a lot for him to actually work with. And not only just from an, from an assist standpoint, but Mike Connolly is a big upgrade over rookie Ricky Rubio and is just a very yeah. good player. And I think people forget that because the Memphis Grizzlies are kind of an afterthought in the NBA world. And also just that, he they're that the Grizzlies weren't the flashiest offense. They never have been. They're that, you know, slow the pace down and grit and grind kind of offense. And now going to a team that might be have a little more pace or have a little bit more kind of excitement or a little huh, jazz, dare I say, to it. Um Connolly could actually shine it and remind and remind everyone that actually he is, you know, maybe a top 10 point guard in the league right now. Last year, Mike Conley was 31st overall in oh, damn. ESPN Basic. Um, that's a good fucking player. <laughs> um, he's a guy that is maybe not going to score as much, but his all-around game will improve. Um, last year, he was 21 points per game, three rebounds per game, six assists per game. I have to assume his assists will go up, his points might go down, but maybe not. I mean, he could be the best scorer on that team right away. Um, he's good from long range. Like, there's no reason to think that a dude with his talent who is now in a better situation would do worse. So I don't think Utah is a team where, like, a bunch of dudes need to demand the ball outside of maybe like Don Mitch needs his shots. Uh, but I don't like, he wouldn't be shouting for them or anything like that, but you know, like Rudy Gobert doesn't need to fucking score 20 points a game. I think Boyan got paid. Like he's just there to help out. Um, there's, there's no reason why he can't fucking be the scorer on this team. No, no, I totally agree. Uh, I mean, I think I think Donovan Mitchell will probably be the guy for for Utah this year. But I, sure. I mean, you're everything. You're, there's no reason why he can't be why Connolly can't be number two. And actually, because we're doing our top five centers uh, later on in the show, it's a reason why. Good spoiler geez. alert! Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> the uh, Rudy Gobert is not in my top five, and it's and it's because of that. Because now there's oh. another there's another player there who can score, and that's just going to take the ball out of his hands. So, so like Rudy Gobert's like zero, or he's like you know 
right. point five. He's, he's like he's obviously like the at the top, but right, then right. But he's but he's dudes. not technically in that number five list. He's not a whole number, so I couldn't include him. Wow. Are you just yeah. upset about FIBA? Come on, man. <laughs> it's in the past. Chill out. I never, never move on. It's the American way. <laughs> totally hold a grudge. It's great. We got two more guys to talk about from your uh, from your top one hundred and fifty. Again, you should definitely, if you are fantasy basketball, go check it out at faketeams.com. But this guy, we, I am expecting a big year from him now that he. It's more or less his team in Toronto, but you have him in. 21 Pascal Siakam ESPN has him 12 I think 12 is a little high so I agree with you that he's not there but I do think that he is a top 15 guy this year possibly what is your reasoning for why he's kind of fallen out of that is there just too many other good players you have above him or are you having a little bit of doubts in terms of how effective Pascal Siakam will be this year when the offense is him basically I mean I'd rather have Russell Westbrook I'd rather have Dame Lillard I'd rather have Drummond, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Kawhi Leonard, AD, LeBron, Joker, Harden, Curry, Big Cat, and Giannis than Pascal. He's a dude that everyone assumes is going to work out because everything worked out for the Raptors last year. Mm -hmm. But we'll see how he does with the target on his back because – everyone's thinking that he'll be just as good as Kawhi and he'll be better than last year. And you know, all of this is going to work out for Toronto. It might fucking implode. Like it might just be 74 old dudes and Siakam. Um, There's an OG Ananobi's there, but it's still to be determined whether you can actually shoot a basketball through a hoop or not. Um, And they just, made some just good pickups. So positivity and confidence coming from you right now, dude. Because, like, everyone's old. You know, I mean, Kyle Lowry's thirty-four. I think Marcus Gasol's thirty-four. Serge Ibaka's over thirty. Uh, Pascal's, I don't know, three minutes old. <laughs> but he he looked great on a championship team last year. If they're not a championship level team, is he going to look as great? And, uh, you know, like I ranked him in my top 25. I think he's pretty fucking good. I, I don't, I mean, I can't really imagine a world where he gets like a lot worse. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I do sort of think that the whole franchise has to be, um, focused on what he can do. Like, I feel like Lowry's going to be, unless Lowry's like, fuck you, this is still my team. He's going to be trying to. put uh Siakam in the best possible situation as will Gasol as will Serge Ibaka as will Nick Nurse like everyone's probably there for Siakam right 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 right. yeah I yeah I guess I I would just think that I mean other than his assists maybe going down I mean I just think that the usage there is there for him to even if it's not an effective or, or an efficient like scoring output that he averaged 16.9 last year uh, points per game uh, in 80 games. And I feel like that is the baseline for him this year. And maybe not, maybe not. I just have a hard time believing that things would go worse from a scoring perspective, Uh, but maybe the other categories assists, maybe his defense falters a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's, there are some players where I'm like, well, well, everything's perfect. (laughs) And so I sort of try to look for, uh, 
the devil's argument where I'm like, oh yeah, well, everything was sort of perfect last year. Like, what does a bad team look like? Sure. Also, this is a team where everyone could get traded. Right. Like all of a sudden, it they could just, just be him and some scrubs. I mean, I don't I don't think that he could be a top ten fantasy player this year, but I think that there's I don't know, an eight percent chance that that's true. Like if he if he becomes twenty points a game, you know, and if he's twenty and ten a game, like sure. Um, but I, I I don't know. Like I'm a little. I want the Raptors to do well this year, and I want him to do well. But I also sort of want to be very cognizant of the fact that like the Raptors want to blow it up. <laughs> and yeah, like, it does seem that does seem to just be kind of like hovering on the back of their minds at every point like since the over the last three to four years i have to get the feeling that that's just been kind of what they've been pushing for and they've stumbled into this success you know what i mean it does it doesn't feel necessarily that they're like oh we're trying to build a contender and keep it around forever they always always like just hinting in the background is like or we could just trade everyone and start again if Kawhi hadn't worked out, like if they hadn't won the championship, everyone would be gone. Oh, you know? 100%. And it would be Siakam and like, I don't know, Willie Cauley-Stein or something. Like oh, the, the team yes. would just look completely different. But because they won, they had an obligation to be like, okay, great. Like, let's run this back. And like, we still have all these trade assets. Um, and even if they're good, they might decide to be like, yo, you know, Kyle got paid like if he wants to move on because he's 34 like if he'd like to go west that's cool um you know maybe it's like a mutual breakup and then of course it would cascade and you can get rid of everybody else like if the players don't think that they can win the championship this year then they're so old that they so old but like they're <laughs> they're old enough where they can be like yo you know what man like we're not getting past Giannis but like if you trade me somewhere out west then maybe I would have a chance like i think that's natural i don't think anyone expects them to be in the finals this year except for me just kidding Woo, go, saucy. go pistons but i i hope they're in the eastern <laughs> conference finals because it would be amazing if it all clicks again and maybe it would. All right. Last person we're going to talk about. And I, and I saved him for last because yes. I know this is your boy. And I know that this is, you can tell it's your boy because he has <laughs> your biggest jump between your rankings and ESPN. ESPN, he's ranked outside of the top 150. Here on your rankings, he's 58. Jeremy Grant, Denver Nuggets. Just, I don't even want you to explain this pick. I'm just giving you a minute here <laughs> to just talk about the glory that is Jeremy Grant. So he was 69th in ESPN basic last year. 67th was CJ McCollum. Jeremy Grant is a fucking stud. He is <laughs> technically a backup. Yes. But Paul Millsap is 34 years old too. Everyone's 34 years old. I think um, anyway, he's, a dude who needs uh, someone who can jump in and like play fast because he can't go the whole game anymore. Probably uh, Jeremy Grant is his inheritor. Like he's going to look absolutely perfect next to Joker and uh, he can defend. He turned into what the thunder wanted him to be when they drafted him, which was an athletic perimeter defender 
who learns how to shoot. Well, he learned how to shoot. And uh, I just, I still can't believe that they got him. It's crazy. It's it, it blows my mind that the Thunder, when the Thunder was like going to do a whole rebuild, didn't yeah. keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Like they he didn't seems, need more he picks. seems the perfect piece to Dude, like build your are team you kidding? around. <laughs> if, if he was still on that team, then we would be like, oh, yeah, well, uh, Gallinari and CP3 and Steven Adams and Jeremy Grant is a team for sure. Absolutely. That's yeah. a good team. Fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm so upset about it because, okay, you know, if he's that good, then why is he a backup? That's totally a fair point. Absolutely. But how long is um, he going to be a backup? He's not going to be a backup for long in, right, in Denver. Right, dude. And it's like just – it's one of those things where if you watch the games, you can tell how good he is and that he's getting better and he's still super young and, you know, being there is going to be great for him because everybody else is super good too. Um, I, I just, man, his fit with Jokic, I think is superb. I can't wait to watch those two together. I just think they're going to run and, and like fucking, play weird inside out shit and like uh oh man i think it's gonna be great so i just pulled up his uh his basketball reference tab uh Mm -hmm. just to look at his past stats and all that jazz and they have their you know they have like their pre uh, per game rows and so they give him when you first came into the league and your current career and all that kind of stuff but what they do is when they have when there's a trade that happens mid season. They then like split the line so that you have it with the team and then the team that he got, you know, the two teams and what his stats line for which he's sure, which adds extra lines to it. So I like load it and I look at it and there's what one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven lines in his per game. Presumably when you first glance at it, you're like, Oh, seven years in the NBA. So I was like, Oh, okay, well he's not that young. And then you look at it and you realize that, you know, two of those lines are, are the same year. He's 24 years old. He came into the league 20 years old and has basically just been like slowly getting better and better and better and better. And then last year finally got, you know, the minutes that he deserves and fucking balled out shooting 39% from three uh, shot. What let's see field goal 49 from, from the field. He had 70% yeah. from free throw. He had 5.2 rebounds, one assist, 1.3 blocks, like 13.6 points. All of that is going to increase in Denver. All of that. He's six nine. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need to know? Like, God damn it, man. It's I he's one of those players where you just sort of look at the NBA and you wonder what the fuck is everybody doing? Like, why aren't you trading for that guy? Because he seems gettable. And hello, he was, even when you know they didn't need to trade him. Yeah, I kind of can't believe it. I feel like he's the dude that every team wants. Mm. And by the way, Houston is now down Gerald Green. And boy, they would fucking love to have someone like Jeremy Grant on their team. Wouldn't that have just been sweet? Uh, right. So there you go. So those are Nat, that's Natty's. Good job. You passed your dissertation. You defended it well. I feel like you're being compassionate and merciful, and I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. I hey, did what, perfectly. You nailed it. <laughs> no one can argue with any of your picks now. Uh, before we go into our top five centers and onwards, let's take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back and it is time to wrap up our top five segment. We've been doing this for the last quickly doing some math in my head four episodes four weeks because there are five total positions on the basketball court and we have only have one left so that must mean we've done four we are finally at it the top five centers in fantasy basketball for this year i have already alluded to the fact that uh rudy gobert is not in my top five so natty we will start with you at five who is your number five i mean okay i don't know I want to hear yours. You go okay. first. Why right. isn't he there? Why is Who's he there? there? Oh, which, what are you doing? I am speaking an amazing season into existence. It's miles Turner is my fifth center. Oh, you asshole. He's six for me. What a, ugh, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Sucker. Yeah. I, he averaged 13 and seven with almost two assists and 2.7 blocks, not stocks blocks last year yeah and he only yeah. shot 2.6 threes per game but it was hitting them almost 40 percent last year like all he has to do is just shoot sure. four threes per game and all of a sudden now he's a 15 plus scorer i think the rebounds will increase like i just the main reason that i looked at miles turner and i looked at rudy gobert and my biggest worry with rudy gobert was that i maybe things will change but that his minutes are capped because of how the NBA, how centers can play out by, you know, by the three point line now. And so that he's Mm -hmm. not as effective as he once was as a rim protector and teams, the jazz have shown that in crunch minutes, they tend to, you can only use them so often. Uh, So I think that puts a cap on his minutes. And I just don't think the scoring is going to, that could decrease with Mike Connolly with a improved Donovan Mitchell and so I, I'm just, and I have him on my fantasy team. I love the Stifle Tower. He's on my team. I hope he has a great season. And six or seven is still a great season as a top at the position. But I think Miles Turner, just that three-point shot is so tantalizing in today's NBA that I have a really hard time ignoring it and not being like, hey, playing the what-if game. You're a total dickhead. You should not talk shit about Rudy Gobert when he's on your team. You should be like, he's number one, man. Yo, I play fantasy basketball. He's fucking just, number one. It shows you just how honest my rankings are. I Even to the That's detriment true. of my own fantasy team, I'm bringing you the advice and information that you need. Sure. Uh, to support that argument, uh, Sabonis is an elite interior offensive <laughs> presence. And so I think that Miles Turner is going to have to shoot more outside just yeah. because like it makes more sense for Sabonis. It's like strangely, God, I really hope they can work it out. If they do, it's going to be incredible. Um, go 
Pacers. Not really, though, because they're disgusting. Go Detroit. Uh, okay, my five is Embiid. And I know that he could maybe be the number one player in fantasy this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think that it's going to be a let's learn how to maintain Joel and focus on a couple of the other players that we have in the meantime. Uh, I think this is a Ben Simmons focus year. And I think Embiid's just going to drop enough in games played and minutes that his numbers will no longer be, I mean, what, he was fourth in scoring last year, I think. Like, I I think that's going to drop. I have Embiid as number three on my list. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and again, you, I mean, everyone who's talking about Embiid knows exactly the only reason why he's not number one. And it's health, it's games played. If he can play over 65 games this year, he's the number one center in fantasy for me, just because of the numbers that he can produce are absurd and doing that across a, a fuller season. Disagree. <sighs> like Big Cat plays every single fucking game. He right, plays... But as I'm he saying, plays I'm... like imaginary games after the real games. <laughs> That's how many games he fucking plays. What the fuck has Joel Embiid ever I done? Think, I think that, or I think those guys are all very interchangeable. I think that I was trying to, I was trying to talk myself into Embiid being lower than three, and I think so. I, I'm just saying I agree with you in that he could be five, he could even fall out of the top five because I think the Sixers, especially if Ben Simmons has a three point shot. Uh, could be moving the offense's focus away from him and trying to preserve him and playing the, we don't care about fantasy sports. We care about winning games and we're going to have slowly manage and massage Joel's minutes. I also think the Sixers are going to play sort of slow this year. Hmm. Um, I think they're going to be a monumental defensive team. And I think that like, it's going to be interesting to see what they do when they go small because Al Horford doesn't really want to play center anymore. So will Ben Simmons play center when they go small and then Embiid sits because there's two dudes, uh, Zaire Smith, their rookie from last year who didn't play because of injury. So I guess technically he's a rookie this year and Matisse Thibel or Tibble. I'm not sure how you say his last name. Uh, Both those guys are supposed to be like pretty good defenders um, so Philly's going to have like eight dudes that can really defend well. And I don't know if it really behooves you to run, run, run when you can say that, you know, like, yeah, I'm not suggesting that Philly should just like try to grind it out, but you know, you don't really want Embiid like running 30 miles every game. No. Like you no, don't be... want Horford doing that. Um, maybe like, maybe they are slow this year. Maybe they're very methodical. Maybe it's all about like shot selection and getting people in their spots and then like defending, defending, defending. I don't know, but no. it, I feel like it would be weird to watch them move super, super fast. No, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. All right, as as now is per tradition of these uh of these top five rankings, I'm gonna bump and beat down to number four. <laughs> you convinced me because I I I agree with everything you're saying, and I think that this plan, this vision you have for the Sixers, actually makes a lot of sense. 
And plus, I just was realizing while you were talking that we've already penciled in Tobias Harris for being the number one scorer in Philadelphia. So if that happens, Embiid can't be a top three center. Yeah, and we already mentioned like what if Ben Simmons actually is a three point shot, in which case he could be the MVP. So like, also Ben Simmons needs to play center. They need to put Ben Simmons at center for at least like ten minutes a game. I I do sort of feel like there will be times where they like sort of match him up with small ball centers. It's just it would be too much sense. I just want to see him and Draymond go toe to toe. Let's do this. Let's have a fight. Yeah, and also doing that means that Josh Richardson can like probably move down a spot, and then all of a sudden, like you have this overpowering like big guard slash wing that's defending your point guard. Like I just, man, Philly's going to be really, really, really tough this year. They're gonna be fun. Um, and yo, Horford and Simmons and Embiid versus Giannis. That's Woo! a pretty good fucking trio yeah. you can throw at the MVP. Yeah. Uh, all right, so now Embiid's my four. So who's your four? My four is the Gall Wall, Rudy Gobert. Okay. Uh, I think he will be, again, improving on a great year, just like every other year of his NBA career. Um, I think having more shooters is actually going to open things up for him. I think he will score more this year, okay. just because I think it will be a little bit easier. Um, and I sort of feel like he's one of these dudes that we've talked about who's going to be pissed off this year. Mm-hmm. I think Rudy Gobert is going to be really pissed off this year. <laughs> Especially after listening to this podcast. I mean, well, like, okay, you're Rudy Gobert. Like, Gordon Hayward left right when you were really getting good. And then Ricky Rubio's gone, and now there's someone new, and Boyan is new. And, like, you you've actually seen a bunch of change for a team that I think we all sort of feel is pretty conservative when Mm -hmm. it comes to personnel and changeover. Uh, And now you have a team that people think could be the best one you've been on. Maybe you want to be the face of this franchise. Maybe this is Rudy Gobert's team. Um, There's a world in which he understands that he can't be dragged out from the, like both of the games that he played against Brooke Lopez last year, he had a negative plus minus rate. Right. You know, I think he like got points in one of them, but it, he just like really didn't play well. So he either needs to adapt and learn how to defend the perimeter, which ouch, but you know, he's an all <laughs> defensive player and right. he's defensive player of the year. That. So, uh, I think it's, he's still young. He gets better every year. He's now on probably the best team he's ever been on. So that's why, despite his low scoring points, I think that there's a lot to believe in with, uh, with the French rejection. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. I think as always with these lists, the they're all pretty interchangeable. Um, and I'm just wanting to speak a Miles Turner season into existence, but I would not be surprised if Rudy Gobert also finishes in the top three. Like I said, I, he's probably my six. So, and he's sure. even on my team. So, but yeah, I could definitely see, uh, definitely see the, again, like you were saying, I think the scoring that I'm less convinced on, but I can see something where there's more space for him to operate now. And maybe even he becomes a little bit more of a distributor, nothing crazy. He averaged two assists last year. Maybe that goes, you know, up 
half an assist, which still is a little bit of extra something uh, to add into his game. Dude, also another guy who, you know, the free throws, like the free yeah. throws, the free yeah, yeah. throws, the free throws. That's if fair. you can get those above 75%, preferably into the 80s, everything else unlocks. Yeah. Like you, I mean, what was he last year? He, he was, shot at 63% last year. I mean, sweet Jesus. Like, I mean, that's not like Drummond bad, but that's pretty fucking bad, pretty bad, man. Like yeah. you got to make those. I know it's weird. It's obviously like a real thing because a lot of people can't do it, including LeBron. But um, you have to be able to make 70%. You right. really do. Right. Yeah, especially if you're shooting almost six and a half per game. Uh, okay, number three. You'll be happy to hear my number three. Maybe it's your number th- three as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like we probably have the same six. We but, might. Um, yeah, so go ahead. Who is it? I mean, it's Drummond. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. And my notes just say rebounds, 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 and more rebounds. I kept wanting to do devil's advocate with him and be like, man, he could just have a shitty year. And, you know, like he's maybe his shots would go down. Although, But I couldn't really figure out good reasons why any of that would happen. Like he's a focal point of the offense. He yeah. is the future of the Pistons along with Blake Griffin um they're they're such a fucking weird team this year joe johnson's on that team and derrick rose is on that team i love it i am here for it happened also he's 25 years old what the fuck is with young ass nba players just like feeling like they've been in the league for a billion years it was a million years ago yeah jesus yeah, it's it's sort of strange. He should be older than that. That's he should be so much older. It's also partially because maybe he always because everyone refers to him and he's like feels like he's trapped in like the old center days where you have that big yeah. presence in the paint and gets rebounds and scores, you know, in the post and has no outside shot and it's just a big body that's not hyper athletic, but and so I just feel like he should be 50 years old and just as this is the game that he's born to play. Okay, so let me give you a stat real fast. Uh, Joel Embiid last year averaged 18.7 field goal attempts per game. Drummond averaged 13.3. Drummond averaged 17 points per game last year. If he gets just a couple more shots, which he should, then he'll be a 20-point-per-game scorer. And then you're getting a dude who's getting you 20 and 16, maybe 20 and 17. Like he's 25. He should get better. Um, if his free throw, I mean, it was sub 60% last year, which. But, but those last two seasons, you know, he shot 59 last year and the year before that 60. And then prior to yeah. that, his high was 40. Dude, so like something, God. but like yeah. there was something that clicked and, you know, was, I'm not saying that he's ugh, suddenly going to click. It was such a dark time. Yeah, literally. It was just uh, like. <laughs> getting stabbed with knives <laughs> made of other knives. It was so bad. I'm not going to say he's going to click again and he's going to start shooting 80, but even if that is like 64 or 5%, that's a big uptick. Also, a lot of shit has been talked about Embiid getting in his head, but Drummond, like, he's just not that sort of player that needs, like, he's a professional sort of blue-collar player. Like, he's there to do his job. Like, he doesn't try to do star-studded shit. Like, he does his charity stuff, and he tends to keep sort of a low 
humble profile and he's always like helping out the team and helping out the town and trying to welcome everybody in, even though he's been the one constant and he's always positive about the Pistons. Uh, it's a little bit weird because the Pistons have a bad boy history, but like him and Blake Griffin together has been good. I have liked it. I think in retrospect, like the trade is pretty much working out. The Pistons have a player in Blake Griffin who has put up just beneath MVP numbers. And that's what the fucking Pistons needed. Um, You know, Reggie Jack, like, the season depends on whether the guards can play well. If the guards can't play well and the Pistons can't shoot from outside, then the Pistons won't go to the playoffs. It's as easy as that. But Drummond is the rebound king. He is, I don't know, arguable. I mean, he's 25. Like, he's the exact same age as Embiid. Um, it's hard to argue that either of those guys are going to drop that much in value. No. Yeah, and and you, I mean, anyone who drafts Drummond knows exactly what they're. Even if anything slips, he is going to get you fourteen rebounds a game at the bare minimum. Dude, and who else is playing center on the Pistons? You know, no like one. all who's load managing Drummond? Fucking nobody. No Dude's one. a tank. He's great. Um. All right. So number two and number one. Number two, I got Jokic. I assume that's yeah. similar, same for you. Yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. This is just the most preposterous stat line for a center. 2010 and seven last year. What the fuck? <laughs> that is unreal. It's just, I was looking, I was looking at this ranking charts, you know, that has all of the last year's stats from all the center. You, you can break it down by position and it, you know, highlights in green, all of the good stats and the better above average and whatnot. And Jokic's 7.3 assists or whatever was the darkest green. This site has to produce because every other fucking center on the list was averaging like at most like two assists per game. <laughs> Here's some of the other players in the NBA last year who averaged fewer assists per game than the Joker, Nikola Jokic, who is a center. D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Mike Conley, Ricky Rubio, Chris master. Dunn, Luka fucking Doncic, <laughs> Kemba fucking Walker, Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, I mean, like, Steph Curry. Like, the dude is clearly some kind of savant. Like, he sees passes that, like, aren't there until he starts to make them. It's it's a real weird thing. It's sort of like slow-mo Kyle Anderson. Like, things are happening at a pace a little bit too slow to catch mm-hmm. like you get everybody mm-hmm. off guard mm-hmm. and it just mm-hmm. it just looks so weird it's like everyone's just kind of watching and they're like no he's, he's not gonna do that he's not gonna oh oh there goes yeah the ball. oh the balls oh the ball just went by me because i wasn't oh my god oh what a right. perfect pass holy shit like we didn't even how did he see that guy right it, the whole thing's weird um and there's no reason in the whole goddamn world why he won't get better no um like maybe i mean i guess what's the counter argument that having like more good players will negatively impact him yeah okay i can see that like more mouths to feed i guess like maybe he doesn't have to play as much uh but he's 24 years old and 
he only played what 31 minutes per game like if he was playing 34 minutes per game like what would his numbers look like uh and again, I think he and Jeremy Grant are just going to fucking run all over the goddamn league and they're just going to be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of want to say the Nuggets are in the finals, but I'm not. I'm not Woo! going to say that. No, no, no. That's I'm saucy. not going to say no, that because I, like I don't believe I like that. I don't believe it. Um, yeah. And when we just spend, you know, five minutes gushing about Jokic, it just makes Carl Anthony Towns all the more impressive because he is both of ours just through process of elimination number one uh center this year in fantasy he was 25 and 12 last year i think he can hit two more you know two more threes he hits he can hit two threes a game this year average maybe five assists and now all of a sudden he's even better than what he was last year wouldn't it be funny if he wasn't my number one? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> right. If I was oh, like, no, 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 man, it's no, Thomas Bryant. Did you, like, what are did you, you talking about? Dwight Howard in LA? Like, yeah. The Yo, Dwight Time Lord, dude. What are you talking oh, about? Well, that I could believe. That I could understand. <laughs> are you late to the party? Oh, Better shit. Get your watch. Uh, yeah. Big Cat is the fucking man, dude. Like, he's. I can't believe how fucking young all these dudes are. He it's was, absurd. Uh, he's 23. He has such good young talent. Holy it's fuck. Fucking crazy. Okay. Here's the thing. Carl Anthony towns is not as good on defense as Anthony Davis is. However, Carl Anthony towns can play 82 games a season and <laughs> Anthony Davis sure fucking can. So I love all these people who are like, no, no, no draft AD first. Even though he's on the same team as LeBron James. Meanwhile, Big Cat's there, and he's really the only player outside of Giannis where I'm like, okay, you took him first. I get it. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, he does absolutely everything in fantasy that you want him to. Um, and shit, like maybe some of his defensive stats go up. Who knows? Maybe he just gets better at everything since he's 23 years old. Uh, also that team fucking sucks and it's there, there's nothing else to do other than try to inflate Wiggins's trade value and like keep cat happy. And I sort of feel like there's a world where you can get him to 30 points a game. Um, I think that would take him buying into it and it would be really, really tough. I mean, that sort of effort is exhausting. Uh, you'd also, I think, have to be okay with them not making the playoffs because I think that would mean that like mm. you just sort of starve yeah. some of the other players on the team, and I'm not sure if that's cool. But uh, Minnesota, like, if they were in the East, I have no doubt that Cat could get them to the playoffs. Yeah. I have absolutely oh, yeah. no doubt. But they're in the West, man, and it sucks. Um, West. And I don't know how I feel about that team. Like we both think Jeff Teague is going to be good and we think Kat's going to be good. And that's going to be good. You know, like we don't know if the coach is good. We don't know if the actual franchise is doing okay. Um, it's a team that I guess could trade people, but like, who do you yeah, want on that? I don't team? know you make that trade. So I don't know, man, like this might be a lost year, but then if you're Carl Anthony Towns, you should be telling yourself, no, fuck that. This is not a lost year. This is my year. 
and like you just go out and you kick ass and like fuck the team fuck everybody else fuck the entire nba fuck the world like i'm getting every bucket i can i'm going to try to be in the mvp conversation even if my team sucks or like if you're going to be the mvp it probably doesn't mean that your team sucks but your win-loss record can't compete with the 12 other good teams in the west so Mm. Uh, you know, he's a center who can shoot threes. Maybe I should have just said that. <laughs> in summary, uh, yeah, and it doesn't, obviously this doesn't matter at all in fantasy in the long terms, but if you look at those guys on the list who we talked about at center, Cat's the only one who I will confidently say will have at least like six or so 40-plus games. Which doesn't mean anything in like the long term of fantasy. You don't get extra points sure. for how many points you score in a game. But but he is the only center who we've talked about who I have confidence in being like he can just have a night where he just gets you like forty points and is the best player on the court. And everyone's like, well, I just won my week this week because Cat just went absolutely fucking ballistic and he decided to carry the team on his back. Yeah, I mean, like I'd rather have Carl Anthony Towns than all but a handful of other players in the NBA. Oh, Um, yeah. And so it's really hard for me to say that like, oh, well, even though that's true, I'm going to like discount the fact that I think he's incredible and like maybe he just sucks this year. No fucking way. Uh, He's he's going to be better than he was last year. All of his numbers will improve. I have absolutely no doubt of that. The only thing standing in his way to me is injury because he has – nothing but opportunity this year it's his fucking team andrew wiggins is nothing like who cares there's nobody else on this team it's all about him um and so that means that he's either going to maintain or he'll have an incredible elite year or maybe it's a little much and he needs some help uh, awesome. Well, there you go. Top five centers, convoluted list as always, but we got there eventually and had synchronous harmony, har- synchronous harmony uh, towards the end. Before we go, Natty, uh, fave thing of the week. What do you got? So my fave thing of the week is baseball. Ooh. I am totally you, digging the playoffs postseason. Yeah, Dude, starting pitching. It's great, man. I'm so glad it came back down to this because, like. Okay, so I'm a Tigers fan, and I am really hoping for a Verlander versus Scherzer World Series game. Because that would would just, it would be great, because I love both those dudes. Uh, I think they're both Hall of Famers. Um, Nationals versus Astros would be a super weird World Series, but sort of very cool. Um, And, you know, that's also had me sort of thinking about other duos because like the tigers had both of them obviously mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like that's brutal and so i was thinking about oh what are some other twos and just to bring it back to basketball i sort of landed on like oh man wouldn't luka Doncic look really good next to Devin booker this year Woo! <laughs> and i just started thinking about the draft again and i'm like fuck phoenix like ayton's good but what if you had luka God, like, what? What if? if those two were together? <laughs> I oh, wouldn't Phoenix, watch any team doing? harder than I would watch there would, the Phoenix there would be Suns no if other those team two to were watch. together. There would be no other yeah, team yeah. to watch. It would just be They'd like, black them all out. Be like, who only, cares? Just be like, we're only watching the Phoenix Suns. That's the only. Like, if you matters. had those two dudes, you don't need to get a point guard. Like, no. you can just focus on the rest of your team. Oh my god. 
Oh, Phoenix. What a wonderful, wonderful team you are. Anyway, what was your fave thing? Uh, my fave, can it be Carson Edwards going eight for 11 from three in the third quarter <laughs> against the Cavs no, right now? No, it can't. It can't be that? <laughs> it can't be Carson Edwards cementing the fact that he's the steal of this year's draft and every other team in the wow. NBA is stupid for passing him? <laughs> Can't it be it's that? It's not that they had good reasons. It's that they're stupid. It's that they're, they're dumb. dumb buttheads. They're a dumb butthead. Um, yeah, I didn't have I didn't have much fave thing, and I was just watching watching the game on the side, and Carson Edwards just went fucking on fire from three, and uh, so I was like, all right, this is this is something that is my fave thing: is Carson Edwards just heating up and becoming the best shooter in the NBA. Well, can I ask you something that might be your fave thing? Then? Of course. So, as we said earlier, the Rockets are down Gerald Green, one of their wings, and you know, so they're pretty fucking thin. These Rockets. Uh, do you think that it's possible that they could bring Mello back? Oh <laughs> my god! Yes, one hundred percent. Yes. I would also like to say that Ichwan Moore, who is currently on the Pelicans, has a $7 million expiring contract. And the math works for him and Ben McLemore and Isaiah Hardenstein, Steen, whatever. Like, the Rockets are going to have to make a trade. They're, They're going to have to do yeah. fucking something. Um, because and it's, and it's bringing Carmelo out of retirement. I'm in. You've, you've convinced Dude, me. Like, don't, don't say anything else. I'm 100% in. I mean, it would be the longest two long two ever. It would uh, just be incredible. We would uh, just, I don't even know what we, we would just, most of it would just be silence. It would just be us sitting in silence, basking in the greatness and glory. But I was thinking about it because it's like all of a sudden that Joe Johnson signing by Detroit sort of looks pretty smart because it's like, yeah, you can have Joe Johnson for, I don't know, a draft pick seven years from now or something like for nothing. Who cares? Here, here he is. Joe Johnson, big three MVP and greatest player in league history. Like there's dudes that are going to be traded when they're allowed to be traded in a couple of months. I think December 15th is when people can start going. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of the dudes on the Pelicans are going to be available. Um, and teams already need help. So like, this is going to be really, really weird uh, because there might just start being like early buyout candidates who are like, fuck this. No, like, I can't get traded. So just buy me out on cheap anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I, I don't know, like everyone is sort of like coming into the season in a weird way, not just because of the China stuff, but also because there was so much movement this year that I think a lot of teams were sort of caught flat footed in terms of depth. And so like the Rockets, they all of a sudden like have a really glaring hole. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, this is a weird lead up to the NBA season. It's going to be an interesting year, and I am 100% here for it. Oh, ditto. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, there you go. Uh, make sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whole nine yards. We are there. Fake Teams podcast channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the long Two podcast. We will be back at you next week. Until then. Natty, have yourself a good week. Everyone watch Pete's videos. They're great. Have a great <laughs> week, y'all. Bye. Sweet.